Hi everyone and welcome to Ask a Deaf Doula. My name is Suzanne O'Brien. Thank you so much for being with me today. This is a free educational forum where we talk about end-of-life issues, end-of-life education, and we answer questions from people all over the world who are either caring for somebody at end-of-life um, maybe wanting to know options and, and questions for themselves, for loved ones, for community members, and even as a professional. So we will be doing several different things on Ask a Deaf Doula. We will be having interviews with leading experts in the end-of-life death doula movement, which is really exciting. We will also be interviewing doulas all over the world, and this will be a segment called I Love Being a Death Doula, so people can understand what the role of a death doula is and how different areas of the world may do it differently. And then we will also give education as well as answer any kind of questions that you may have. So it's always something that you can count on, that you can come to on a weekly basis. And today we have a very special episode. We are interviewing Natalie Bonifay, and we are doing the first of our segments, I Love Being a Death Doula. So sit back, enjoy, and thank you so much for being with us here today. Ask a Death Doula is brought to you by Doula Givers, End of Life Doula Training, and the International Doula Givers Foundation, bringing free education, support, and training programs to those worldwide in order to help patients and families have the most positive end-of-life experience possible. Hi everyone and welcome to this edition of Ask a Death Doula. I'm very excited because we have a wonderful doula on the interview today. And this is a segment called I Love Being a Death Doula. We are going to run this segment interviewing doulas that are doing the work and they can share with you firsthand the patient stories, the experiences that they're having, and also the experiences that the patient and the loved ones of that patient are experiencing so that you can understand the work of a death doula, of an end-of-life doula, and how important it is, how they're filling the gap of care that's not there anymore um, in our world right now. So very important. So today we have Natalie Bonifay, and I am going to read her quite impressive, extensive bio. So Natalie has 25 years of experience, experience conducting collaborative biomedical research in various environments from the National Institutes of Health to Yale Medical School and for the last 12 years in the biotech industry. A native of France, Natalie earned her BS, MS, and PhD in biology and health and molecular biology from the University of Montpelier, France. She moved to the United States in 1994 and since then has progressed through a series of research positions in molecular and cell biology, biochemistry, genetics, oncology, inflammatory and infectious diseases, vaccines, assay development, and drug design with a focus on structure-function relationship of bi biological complexes. 
For the last 10 years of her biomedical career, Natalie was specifically involved in early preclinical development of vaccines, immunotherapies, and therapeutic targeting brain cancer, breast cancer, uh, flavivirus, encephalitis. She contributed to small business innovative research grant writing, project management, and hands-on problem solving. Natalie has also been a landlady for 15 years and runs with her husband a family business emphasizing community, mutual respect, and trust. In October 2012, Natalie created her own small business practice, A Gentler Parting, in New Haven, Connecticut, where she offers care consulting and end-of-life educational services. Natalie's diverse professional and cultural experiences have given her a unique perspective on how to work with and support work of compassionate educators dedicated to making the end-of-life more about life and love than death. Over the years, Natalie got involved in several New Haven-based nonprofit organizations serving diverse groups. Um, they are listed here. You can see this on her bio. She has been an active member and secretary of her neighborhood association. Welcome, Natalie Bonifay, to the show. Thank you so much for being here, Natalie. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for having me. You are welcome. That is quite a resume, <laughs> which... <laughs> It's really impressive, and I always want to do the resume and the background, but really I wanted to do yours with the excitement of how you made the transition into working in end-of-life. What made you start thinking about it, having the calling, and pursue it? So maybe we can start there. Oh, my God, we don't have enough time for this. No, I know. We never, <laughs> you, we never do. <laughs> you already have, you know, read a very long version of the resume. Um, so um, to make it a little bit shorter, uh, the transition came from basically um, trying to I had I had worked in 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 the industry in biomedical research for many years, and uh, although uh, we were developing great projects and great um, uh, therapeutics, I have never seen in my lifetime uh, one of them go to patients. And after mm-hmm. 25 years, I wanted to have more impact on people and mm-hmm. have more influence. Um, in changing their lives, in helping them get better. It did not happen that way. And although I I, I have this passion for life, um, and I know that in biology, the molecules, the, 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 the proteins in cells work so well together. And I wanted to kind of mimic that system that is so fascinating in biology, in cell biology, into can we make people work better and can I use my um, knowledge in biology to impact people and sick people differently. Mm-hmm. So um, I personally went through uh, experiences where I had some losses and not necessarily dead people. Mm-hmm. Um, that made me look at what is it that I wanted to do with my life. And I came across yeah. uh, one of my friends on Facebook 
at this um participated to one of your uh, level one level one uh seminars in my mm-hmm. um, in 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 my state and uh everything kind of came together mm-hmm. in my brain and i had a haha moment that i hadn't had for a long time yeah and i was like very attracted by the idea it combined the analytical skills that i had the passion for helping people and also a way to use kindness in everyday life. So I turn my life around Mm -hmm. um, because we can be professional, we can help others, uh, we can create a business and still be kind. And that really, really, really attracted me. So that would be be some up story right now. Well, I have to say that there are so many things that impress me about you um, because I watched you, you know, in this journey. And um, I often tell the doulas that this is about your journey as well. You know, we're serving Mm -hmm. others, but this is about your growth. You are going to learn and grow so much with this work um, and be present for it and experience it. And I know that you have seen things that you've posted and it's just you know, you're almost like the the model example of a doula because you literally took that training that we'll talk about. And, of course, you have your own gifts that you have brought to the table. But then you were able to take a course that allowed you to get more knowledge and mm-hmm. apply those techniques so beautifully. Because when I re- read your last blog, um, you know, you just, and they're subtle things. They're not, you know, they're just really beautiful, subtle things like being present and a great listener and building trust and those are so effective for the work that we do and you've applied them so beautifully um, in the work and then I also see you you know really validating your journey within this process and how you are growing and it's just it has been really unbelievably rewarding to watch so I thank you for that but I also want to commend you because I feel that it takes a lot of bravery to change career directions, especially going into something like this that is a very new area of care being formed. Um, You know, there's a lot of, you know, trust and risk in that just because it's a little bit of a unknown as far as how much you're going to work. You know, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Is this really going to take off as far as being the next um, part of the industry, which, which you know, wholeheartedly it is, but when will that be and how will that look? And again, you know, I think it's harder to change direction later in in life. And mm-hmm. so we get we have a lot of pressure from society and from our families, and also we have our, our bills to pay. So I commend you on taking that leap of faith and trusting that because that's um, a big part of of how we, you know, get to where we're supposed to get to in our lives is is trusting that. So I commend you on that. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. And I'm very excited that you learned about me from the free level mm-hmm. one that we give and doula givers from someone else because that just is my foundation and my baby and, you know, such a gift. And I love doing those workshops because it brings community together. We mm-hmm. can use it everywhere. So it's, you know, somebody across the world 
takes that level one and is using it and it's free. Um, and it's just a beautiful course. And, and I love that, that that's how you found out about it. So, yeah. so you also were instrumental yeah. in, as a catalyst where I was in my journey and in my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you came and, uh, I took your training. That was exactly what I was looking for. That, that combination of pragmatism and, um, ethical values and knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I was looking, I was craving for something like that. I was truly looking for something. And uh, it was just the circumstances, and we met, and I was able to bloom. That's, that, that's, so that's that is, quite a yeah. collaboration. And when I was yeah. talking about cells and molecules that work together collaboratively, yes. Yes. that's really much what I was... Um, yes. What I was trying to do as, I mean, I don't want to be, you know, I, I was really trying to get to that level yeah. and, and and use it and, and use what I knew of biology. Yeah, and, yeah. And apply it to people because it works. Absolutely. It works. Absolutely. Right. I mean, the molecules are the foundation of everything, correct? You know, mm-hmm. of, of human yeah. life. And And I think, like you pointed out, a really good thing that people really need to understand is that we can go so much further when we work together Absolutely. than separate. And, you know, I think that for whatever reason, you know, everyone has been programmed to be competitive and to, you know, not, you know, want to do better than the person next to them. And it's so ironic because that's not how we progress and how we progress is by working together. And again, Absolutely. I feel, I feel so privileged being in this, Space of this work because mm-hmm. if there's it's like a, a love space you know it's, a, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful community there's so much love and support here and it's great to be able to literally bask in that um, but it, but it's important for us and you know to understand that we we call forth your your tribe yeah to work together because that's mm-hmm. how things happen and it will appear the universe you know if you're open to it and you're wanting that and you want to bring that into your life, I really believe that it will present itself. It's for you to stay open to what that is, and that's really exciting. So how did you find the course for you? Um, because I know you've talked about that, and, and I know from your background, you, you said it really just had, you know, everything that was a great learning experience to be able to go out there and do the doula work. Sure. I mean, it's, uh, it was well-designed. Um, sure. It was well designed for me. I have taken a lot of classes in my life. I have, you know, um, passed a lot of exams. Um, yes, I know. And, and <laughs> so it was, you know, let's do this. And don't forget that I also came to this country and um, made a life here. It's not yes, just, yes. So it was another language. It's another field. Um, yeah. But yet, I went there with that freedom, that saying, you know, I want to embrace this, going really from inside, that craving from inside, and I fed myself. I know it, it may sound weird, but I, I, I incorporated it to my core. And mm-hmm. uh, and it just, um, I when I was with patients or with hospice uh, patients in uh, uh, during my training or some of my clients, um it came it comes out naturally the same way it came in yeah and i absorbed the knowledge that was very pragmatic and then very loving yeah. um 
but no nonsense. Right. And, yeah. and, and it came in, it mm-hmm. really found a place in me, and then when I'm impatient, and that's what extraordinary, um, and I was never able to experience that in the past with my previous career, is that I was with people, and it came out naturally as they needed it. Yeah. So it's almost like I was a catalyst myself. I was like an enzyme and taking information, processing it to transmit and so people could process it and 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 I I hear you. Isn't it interesting how in the moment the right words come out in those it's it's incredible. So you have you've done your work, you've you've mm-hmm. you have the intention, you studied, you absorbed the learning, and now you're you're being present in those moments with this person in this very, you know, very intense period of time for them. And what you see, you're listening and you're you're there and, and what you deliver is almost, you know, like you said, a catalyst. It's like almost natural from divine source because I have had the same experiences where I have been in a situation that can be you know a moment of incredible intensity and the right words came out or or the right idea to do something and I'm like where did that come from and I say thank thank goodness you know, because it really, it really was the the thing that was needed at that moment. It's such a, I think it's just such a beautiful area that we work in, and there's so much yeah. beauty. And you know, with that being said, I want to talk about the blog that. You, first of all, your website is just so beautiful. I, I love what you've done. Um, Thank you. I, you're welcome. <laughs> and I, I, very low yeah. budget. With my I can't, little hands. It, does, it doesn't. It doesn't look it. It looks. It looks like yes, your hands from your passion. No, from meaning that I feel and I see you all on that website. It's not any smoke and mirrors. It's all wonderful. But it does not look like you've done that on a, on a budget or by yourself at all. Um, it's well, just but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We, we're also dealing with um, with business here. So it's important to also show that professionalism. Um, Absolutely. And as we grow our business, we, you yeah. know, we just... Like everybody else growing a business, it's um, exactly to watch the money. But you do. But it's also it's just really well done, and um, you. your your blogs are fantastic, and they're heartfelt. And I, you know, is moved by quite a few things, obviously, in your journey. Now, one was there was something you posted on Facebook, I believe, in our in our group, or maybe on your own Facebook, while you were working with one of your patients. Um, and how just connected you were to this work and how grateful and fulfilled you were. Do you remember that post that you put? Yes. Um, yeah. Well, there are a couple of them. Yeah. Um, one could have been when I was working with this um, lady who has ALS and opened up. It could also be with my latest patient who has really... Um, Affected me a lot. Yeah, I think it was your latest one because you really, you know, you really were running that and guiding that complete journey. And we'll talk about your your patient experiences in a minute. But I remember you posting during that period of just how much you loved being an end of life doula, and I and I got it. I mean, I knew that you felt so connected 
to something greater than, you know, what we're used to, this, you know, mm-hmm. regular in and out of, of work, you know. And that's, again, what, what I feel when I work with people. And it's the greatest thing to be able to be compassionate and kind. And, again, you get so much back that you give. So I love that post. Um, but now your blog about your, you know, 2017 so why don't you share a bit about some of the highlights and some of even things that were not highlights that you learned from because obviously, you know, that's how you become a really great practitioner because you experience things with a patient that you would want to have done differently next time. And again, when I say you, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. you. It's, you know, for me, being um, my background as the hospice nurse and the oncology nurse, you know, getting the conversation about death being a natural part of the life's journey is one of the most important things that I can have a platform for because having the time to have people plan and and getting on um, appropriate services way before, you know, it's a crisis state is a real part of a positive end of life. So, um you know, that's obviously something I've learned with basically the bulk of my work, and that's why I do all these free education pieces. But why don't you share some of that blog with our listeners right now because it was beautiful and heartfelt. And and then I really do want to talk about Edith the most. Um, but, yeah, why don't you share what, you know, 2017 has meant for you and your work? It has been, Suzanne, <laughs> it has been... Um, <laughs> extremely rewarding it yeah. has been um i um a few years ago uh, as i was going through a personal crisis um a friend of mine um from asia uh, initiated me to the tao tao te ching um, mm-hmm. and he was telling me natalie natalie you need to think, and you're talking about maybe five years ago, and I think that was the beginning of that incredible change and journey of change for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he said, Natalie, you need to be like water. You need to be able to be very low without ego, and as water, low, you're going to follow You're going to follow down the road. You're going to go in all these little um mean roads and uh and and get exactly where you want to go like a mm-hmm. river so mm-hmm. think about it and that really affected me and that was the beginning of it so when i'm with a patient um and it started through you know going back to our your program Suzanne i followed and i absorbed everything you put in your program because everything you put was just right Thank not too you. much Mm-hmm. Not too much, just enough, and mm-hmm. I thought everything you said was able to guide me through that journey. And mm-hmm. of course, you know it takes work. You know that's mm-hmm. that's work. I'm not making this to be magical. Um, mm-hmm. And then what you recommended too is to have a certain amount of hours with hospice. So I signed up with hospice, and, mm-hmm. and I love the hospice that I'm working with. And I've been able to work with them exactly as you described, in the collaboration as a volunteer. But so yeah. all the stories I've I've wrote about in my last blog, it was a combination, you know, this, uh, of hospice patients and then uh, the last uh, patient I had uh, as, a, as a client. 
mm-hmm. was a month long work and we can talk about it later. So every time I show up with a patient, I meet that person exactly where she is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, person mm-hmm. is. Yep. And that was a key thing. You meet there and you create a space, you yep. come, you leave your ego as a practitioner outside the room, you yep. come in and you just sit there and find a way to connect. Right. And first time it may not work, second time it may not work. I've mentioned the story of this ALS patient. I showed up every week for two months before she cracked open the door. Yeah. To trust. She had left and she was angry at the world. And uh, every week I would show up and say, is it a good time? She would say no. Right. And one day I finally went in and I said, well, can I come at a certain time next week? And she said, four. I showed up at four and that day was, okay, Natalie, let me open up. And what I've, what I've found is like once we get through a person, patient, wherever this person is in the journey. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I've seen that ALS patient for the past six months, so she was Mm -hmm. not on her death bed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not that. It's like, take them and then be with them and be there when they need. Set the boundaries and say, no, you cannot, I cannot do that for you, or yes, I can. Open up. And then the, the, the it's it's like water. They come to me actually in this case. I put them yeah. in such a um we put them if we do it right, we generate trust. That's exactly and, right. And it 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 resembles that notion of water. So we guide them so while I know if I behave like water I will get pretty much wherever I want to go. If I drive if I guide a patient to feel, you know, to to toward me and to feel being trusted, mm-hmm. um, then they give to me. They give of me course. their trust, and it comes like naturally, like water, because they feel like I'm available to them. And so that is so beautiful. And so, what is the first thing that we teach in the Doula Givers course is to build the trust. That is the first stage of what I talk about and you can see why and so two things that you did here that I want to point out for the listeners is that you built the trust you kept showing up with non-judgment you you know time after time no it's not a good time and then the other thing you did was you gave her back control you Mm -hmm. said can you tell me a good time that might work for you yes and that these are these are very seemingly small things they are huge and so with that combination of the trust and giving her back control she let you in and when you are let in the beauty unfolds which i love um, i mean you just yeah you just said yeah. everything in that and that's yeah that's not it it's the trust so that's that first it's, moment where yeah. the person and yeah. i'm going to make a parallel between this process you just describing so the trust and then then the next step when they come is like how do we sustain that trust how do we how do we just because this like a first encounter right yeah there is a first encounter and like in life we meet people you know they go away you know it's just hi you know how are you doing 
this is just different. We build that trust. And then to be supportive, uh-huh. to, to, to serve them. Because, uh-huh. you know, doula is a woman or person who serves. And in order sure. to serve, you need, we need to have done the work. There you yes. Go. That's yeah. another podcast. Um, <laughs> so there is the trust or the attachment to, we, we meet that person and then we keep that sustainable. So how did I do that? And how do I, did I do with that lady and with other people? Is you keep showing up yeah. week after week at the same time. Yeah. And again, you say hi. And, um, and, and every week we go there and every week she has something different to tell me. Yeah. Um, I was able to, for this particular lady, because it's been six months, um, already six or seven months, I kept showing up and even like at Christmas, the week before Christmas, I showed up and uh, and I said, hey, you know, what are you going to do for Christmas? Do you have family visiting? And uh, kind of like, oops, what did I say? I was mm. not sure the family was going to visit. Maybe yes, maybe no. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, you know, how about I bring my dog? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she opened up, and I did show up like Christmas Day. Didn't took me thirty minutes of my time. That day. So beautiful. And she, and she was so happy and laughing and crying. And um, oh, it's so heartwarming. This is, and you know, you when you say about the initial asking her about Christmas, and there was you know that moment of mm-hmm. being awkward. That that was meant because look what you were able to do. You were able to bring you know warmth and happiness into her, and you, you had to have that moment of knowing that there wasn't going to be with her family to to have you know that wonderful dog come in. I mean, the dogs are just incredible. How much joy they bring people. And we were able the following week. We were able to. Um, I I went to her and I said, so how did it feel? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I was able to do like, how did it make you feel? No, I did not really mean to do that, but I wanted her to say the words that she fo- she felt that warm, warm and fuzziness, you know, that warm yeah. and fuzziness. Uh, yeah. And I said it was short lived, but I think it was shared by the dog, by you, by me, and she was able to acknowledge that. Absolutely, and, and she and can obviously, yeah, and she can draw on that, and that's what I love about. You know, again, um, when we have an experience, we can draw on that experience at any time. And so, again, these end-of-life scenarios, we want to have be positive because, Mm -hmm. first of all, we only get one opportunity to get it correctly, but Mm -hmm. people will remember it forever. And so, yes, we we hurt when we lose someone physically for sure, but it's Mm -hmm. inevitable. And when it goes well, the loved ones can draw on that and they take such comfort in that. And again, you said it's 30 minutes of your time that brought so much joy. And so, you know, I want people to remember that it's a little bit of effort can mean so much to somebody, and again, you benefited yourself, and your dog did because the doggies love yes. to be the doggies <laughs> love to be of service. I know <laughs> they do. But um, then, so, but then yeah. you arrive on Christmas Day at the facility. This is a nursing home, mm-hmm. and then all all of a sudden, you have people open up to you and say, "Hey, oh, thank you. Oh, by the way, you know that nurse over there? She has seven dogs, including five as therapy dogs." And then you realize that yeah. she brings her dogs as well. Nobody talks about it. Yep. 
a lot of things are happening and the person all there, you know, they feel good, they feel supported, they feel like they all belong to the same family. So it's not just the support, it's it's the, not just the support of the, the, the patient, and the patient, you know, needs support, and as she goes through her own journey, don't forget, she cannot talk. She right. Attacks, right. She, she writes to me. Yes. That's yes. how we interact. Yes. Um, she's lost her ability to eat without, you know, drooling, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the, the walking, etc. So, um, and so it's helping her, and it's also making the nurses interact with her better because they sure. have, you know another conversation so it's really building and this whole so this whole process because I'm a process kind of woman uh, yeah. person <laughs> trust building so you touch that person and then you keep maintaining the relationship isn't yes. it what we all want in life Absolutely. and then um and then get results get others being engaged this is like a, a, a catalyst, an enzyme in biology, in cell biology. Exactly, the enzyme will come in co- in contact with the with the substrate, substrate, with another one. Will yeah. we? Will, there will be a reaction, generally yeah. requiring energy in the cell, yeah. and then everybody will be released, and yeah. the enzyme will also regenerate itself and go back for the next journey. So this is very, very similar to what I saw in real life in cells. And that Absolutely. has been... Isn't that beautiful? You need to do a whole piece on this. You need to do a, You need to write this down and make that story because I think it is so important, but also you're right. So the doula is the guide to that whole end-of-life journey dealing with the patient, the loved ones, the medical staff, just like that enzyme, that catalyst, you know, changing mm-hmm. the energy of it, bringing people together, you know, lightening it up, bringing it to a higher level. And it's such beautiful, important work. And I just, I love how you do it. <laughs> Put it in scientifically. Because, in, your, in, yeah, yeah. in your, I'm sorry, in your, um, in your teaching, Suzanne, you mm-hmm. also brought up the importance of self-love and self-care. And this is mm-hmm. about the journey of the person as you experience yep. it, as I experience it, and we each have our own it's the self-care that goes constantly in order Absolutely. to be able to give, to be of service. We need to be able to take care of ourselves, to understand, to have done our emotional intelligence, you know, yes. Yes. check up and, and to do anything that's important. All of it, for. whatever you need on whatever level, you know, and sometimes we have cases that are very intense and, you know, sure. And you have to process that and reprocess and allow yourself to work through with your fellow doulas and and techniques um, and honor it, not push it aside. Because, you know, right now I feel like in America, you know, people are just working themselves to death. And I know because I can speak from the medical professional now that it is really a disaster on so many levels out there. And people are dropping like flies getting ill um, these wonderful people that are trying to make a difference because it's so hard, you know, there's, and they forget self-care. There's no time for that. I mean, they're just working overtime and trying to manage to stay afloat. So it's really, um, it's going to shut down the, unfortunately, you know, more of a shutdown of the system, the way it's already falling apart. There's going to be even more. So yes, self-care is really important. And I feel like, um, just to emphasize to keep that journey with that patient 
open after you, first of all, when you initially start off on the right foot, which is so critical because it really sets the tone for your whole journey with them. Um, when yes, when you continue to show up, but also, and this is something that you do so well, is you show up and you be present, not physically present, but present, um, and also a great listener. Because if you truly are present and listening to and observing everything that's going on, it will dictate everything you need to know how to help that patient. Yeah. And I see this with when you wrote about Tom and, you know, you talked about, you know, you did that life review and you validated his feelings and he came alive talking about his past. Because you know, he took my motorcycle helmet. Well, you know, God bless you for having, I I would never be able to do that because I just not my thing. And you just are like opening all these wonderful things with that motorcycle helmet. Oh my gosh. And riding it. So yeah. So kudos to you. But I mean, it was just Thank beautiful to see. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. But it's just wonderful to see because, but you're present, Natalie. And it's so, it's so obvious that you are so tuned in um, you're not, you know, on your cell phone. You're not thinking about other things. It's like, and that's that's the key to being a fantastic guide and doula. Well, thank you. But also, when you ride, when I started learning motorcycling about ten years ago, uh-huh. I was already a grown up. Yep. And uh, I learned to be very careful to scan, to look at everything, to be extremely present. And this is actually the first time I realized this is. This is on the motorcycle in the middle of the woods on a road. You go there and you have to be present. You have to watch for the leaves yeah. in the middle of the road. You have to watch for the sun. You have sure. to watch for so you don't get dehydrated. You have to watch. And then you perceive by doing that, being present and being safe, Yeah, you can perceive the smells of, you know, like... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's very... No, cows no, no. Or, <laughs> Uh, the trees, the, the, the leaves smelled. And um, that is when I first realized. So it's also somehow part of that journey that I started when I, um, to be present by it's riding actually, a motorcycle. It, actually, it goes very well yeah. with it. It actually sounds like it's a form of meditation. It is a form of meditation, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. is being in the present and being extremely mm-hmm. conscious of that edge that adds yeah. that we are also alive. Yeah. And if we don't pay attention, we could also... So I've reached some limits there. You know, when I have to drive on the <laughs> back from seeing a patient um, and it's raining and I get yes. in, uh So it has happened, even with yeah. headaches. Um, yeah, yeah. So you're, it, it you're puts you in, in that. Mm-hmm. It's totally tuned in. It's a practice, though, being present, because we, unfortunately, in our world today, we are completely taught to not be present, and it's mm-hmm. only getting worse, and it's so frightful. I mean, even when I talked about your quote on Facebook, um, and you're like, well, I'm, I did a couple, I tr- really try to not be on as much as mm-hmm. I, I'm on, as, I need to be on, and I want to mm-hmm. be in touch, but I really don't want to be glued to that, because it's just not, that's not 
life. I want to live it. Um, but but we're conditioned too that that's where it's all happening. Get on the computer, and you know we're really in a dangerous period for that. So it's a practice to be tuned mm-hmm. in and to be present, and you've got that. Mm-hmm. And then with that said, your other patient who you had asked what brings her happiness and joy, and she said sitting in the sun and reading, and so that's what you did. You know, you listen to that, and it might sound simple to sit in the sun and read, but that's mm-hmm. exactly what the gold jewel was for her. Um, and you mm-hmm. were like, that's what we're going to do. And because she was never journey. alone. Mm-hmm. She was either yeah. neither alone mm-hmm. or she mm-hmm. was always bugged. But you know, she 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 could not define the boundaries, and and mm-hmm. and they were there to check on her. And but she was just never alone doing something that was hers. And I right. said, okay, we'll go out, and I'll shut up. <laughs> and she laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that that is funny, but I think and that you know I that's what I'm having right now. I'm having a lot of talks again about what is a death doula, end of life doula, and what is your role compared to a hospice nurse, a hospice volunteer, mm-hmm. or even a, a geriatric care manager. And I think right what you just said as far as when I when I go in as a medical professional, I'm tasking. So I'm what I have a time period and I need to get X, Y, and Z done. This, we are guys, we are present, we are holding space and it is so valuable. And so that's what, unfortunately, because of the reimbursement and because of the short amount of time that medical professionals are allowed to actually be at the bedside of a patient, they can't offer those things. And so we can, and then we complement them because, again, we're able to see nuances of change and we can let the medical professionals know that something's going on so that they can then change their care plan. Um, But if people want to know what the difference is, you are highly educated in all things of end of life, but you also have the ability to hold the space and guide and the time, which is Mm -hmm everything for this journey. Um, So let's talk about your patient that really moved me, um, the work that I think moved you as well, that you worked with, and she did not have any of her own children, and this is not an uncommon scenario, and we're going to be facing much, much more of this. So we want to be able to articulate to listeners um, what that looks like and what we need to do and why doulas, again, are so valuable to this uh, exact population because 20% of the baby boomers now do not have any of their own children. And so I always wonder who is going to be taking care of them as they age. So why don't you share a little bit about how you were introduced to this woman and how that, that journey went with her? So um, I got introduced to um, that lady that we're going to call Edith Okay. Um, by my lawyer by my um, Mm -hmm. lawyer with whom I've done all my advanced directives Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and redone them when I got married actually 11 years ago precisely today is my anniversary oh happy anniversary anniversary. (laughs) so uh, we revised I revised my advanced directive which I had originally uh, done when I was about 35 um, and so I got married, I changed names, etc. And so this is how I known my uh, my attorney. 
And uh, turns out my attorney is also elder law attorney specializing in Medicaid, Medicare, disabilities, and elder mm-hmm. law, blah, blah, blah. So um, she read one of my blogs. Mm-hmm. She read a blog. I think I was... She had read a few blogs uh, of mine because mm-hmm. she was on my list. And I thought, you know, you just never know. Sure. And that she emailed me. And I was uh, traveling um, to visit my parents in France at that time. And she said, Natalie, I think uh, there is a lady who could use your work. Uh So when you come back, uh, would you be willing to meet with her? So we came back from France. And a few days later, I went to meet that uh, lady with my lawyer. And Uh uh, we met her at home. And this lady was a scholar. She was, I don't want to say too much about her, but right. um, mm-hmm. she had moved uh, to the U.S. from Europe um, when she was late 30s, early 40s, mm-hmm. so um, uh, nearly 40 years uh, ago. And uh, that gives you an idea. She was about the age, she was like between my mom's age and my dad's age, so, you know, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she was at home, and she had been shocked by a terrible news uh, of uh, um, just really terminal disease. And uh, on the top of a fairly weak uh, body. So uh, she had never heard of a doula. Mm-hmm. And my lawyer introduced her to me and made me talk a little bit about what I do. And so... It was like a little bit of an interview, but no, not, no, nothing bad. It was very simple. And uh, we um, connected very quickly. Well, first of all, she's from Europe. I was, I'm from Europe. I have no children. She has no children. Um, mm-hmm. She was in higher education. I was in higher education. So um, we were able to uh, interact very, very nicely, very smoothly, with a lot of respect, mm-hmm. very nice boundaries. Um, anyway, something that I liked, something she liked, uh-huh. um, and um, and she decided to uh, work with me, uh-huh. and uh, she said, okay, so we're there at home, and then later on she had to go to the hospital, so I was able to be with her for about a month, um, and so in the hospital there were some, I was able to um, observe uh, the medical stuff and how people uh, try, uh, communicated to her mm-hmm. what was important, what she needed to do. Um, and then they were like, so are you her daughter? And I said, mm. um, hi, I'm not her daughter, but I'm her doula. Mm-hmm. And, as, uh, and as we, uh, as this lady uh, moved into the next stage, she could not be safe at home, so she went to an inpatient hospice that she decided to go to. It was totally what she wanted. Um, she wanted to have the medical aspect, yet, you know, the quietness, something different from the hospital and safer than home. And yeah. with me. Yeah. And I was yeah. like the daughter for hire. Yes. Because every time, you know, first of all, I had to get authorizations to serve her, make known, making known that people could talk to me about uh, about her, mm-hmm. and said, so are you her daughter? Are you family? Every day I went yeah. there for yeah. three weeks, said, are you family? And, you know, 
I said, yes. And then I ended up saying yes. Well, you actually are. I mean, you're not blood, but you're that close because there's that connection that's so close. And we had that understanding that when she mm-hmm. was asked, so is she your daughter? Who's this yeah. lady? Who's this young woman, you know? And she said, I wish. And it, it Oh, Natalie, that's so beautiful. What a compliment. And so um, every day, and again there too, not only you have like, you know, the connections, the fact that she was European, that she didn't have children, that we have all these um, higher education and and. and, and, and personal growth um, together, I mean, in common, um, then we have to sustain that. So I would show up every time I would ask her, when would you like me to come tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I, I, here are my availabilities. And she would decide. She would be in control. When I was in the room with her and somebody came and said, oh, can I talk to her? And I said, well, you can ask her. <laughs> you can ask yeah. her. Yeah. You, you can talk to the patient. I mean, she's here. She's exactly, <laughs> she exactly. So I would I always know. put her first. Right. Um, and then I, I would be, you know, in the, in, 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 the, in the shadow so she could shine and be herself until sure. the very end. And... Um, and uh you did yeah, so much coordination <laughs> you know i remember i remember you know yeah i remember hearing you through the journey and um you know obviously offering any support if you needed it which is great about doulas as well is that we have such a great community that if you're working on a case and you need any questions or guidance or anything you have everyone to reach out to which is fantastic so you know nobody works alone but you just used all of your avenues. You were, you know, an elder care doula, an end-of-life doula, a doula giver care consultant because you've taken the three <laughs> trainings. You offer mm-hmm. all three specialties, which I call a doula giver specialist. And you really were, you, you, were, you were coordinating with medical teams, with mm-hmm. legal teams, with mm-hmm. her personal um, relationships, with her mm-hmm. with her social, like, emotional level uh, with the practical level of didn't she ask you to please be with me up until the end? And you were able to fulfill that. I mean, it was just outstanding and, and wonderful, the work. And mm-hmm. I know, yeah, you felt that. You know, you, I you felt, got that. I felt like yeah. you had also, you had, well, I had worked myself, but you had also prepared us, prepared me mm-hmm. um, to do that. Um, yeah. And I embraced okay. it. Yes. What was was uh, going back to what you were saying about the personal in this particular case, I was able to assess this lady's safety and well-being yes. you know, at, at home. Yes, with home hospice and yes. uh, helpers, aid. Yep. yep, in the hospital itself, where you know the attending doctor um, needed a little push to just you know give his opinion or recommendation mm-hmm. for hospice. Mm-hmm. Um, and also um, in the inpatient hospice, where you know, a lot of things are being said about in, about hospices, but this particular place was fairly good. All they were all individually very good. Mm-hmm. That's great. They needed, but what the where the new where I think I was very helpful, and they they thought so as well. They just never said it very loudly. Yeah, <laughs> in the <laughs> microphone, uh, and I understand where they. I don't. I understand why. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were like they needed that little 
push so they communicated better with each other. Yeah. So you have the APRN, and then you have the nurse, and then you have the you have the aide, and then you have the PT, and then you have the lawyer, and then you have the friends, and you know they all needed that little thread. Yeah. Thread. Yeah. And I felt I was able to be that thread and it, keep them absolutely. all connected for the sake of the patient and for um, so she could um, be. Um, what she wanted to be until the very end, and she did. Absolutely, and she did. Everyone, she did. everyone she needs did. a patient advocate, and that's really what you're you're being. You're that guide. You're that advocate. You're holding that space for the journey, and it was wonderful. And I remember, you know, after she had passed, and yes, it's very hard again to say goodbye to somebody, but there was so much light around that because it went so well that I know that everyone who experienced your participation in that was really just blown away and impressed and grateful. Um, And so, you know, it's wonderful because you're lifting up everyone's position. You know, the aide, the nurse, you know, I know because, again, I can speak from when I was a nurse, hospice nurse or in the hospital. I always felt like I wasn't doing enough because I couldn't be there more. If I knew there was somebody that could be there and I knew that if something changed with that patient, they would call me, um, Mm -hmm. I would be so appreciative to that because this is all about, you know, having that patient have the best experience possible. So so I did call the the nurse and I at the very Mm -hmm. last... um, the last hour, I mm-hmm. called the nurse, and uh, I actually, um, and um, I cannot give all the details, but I actually yeah. uh, called the nurse, and I said, can you come with me? Right. And he heard me. He was a, a gentleman, a young, a young man, and it was fabulous. This collaboration was so beautiful. We would, privacy and I was holding her hand and he was touching her and I had mm-hmm. done some Reiki through um, many, yeah, through some another um, doula who helped yeah. me and it was from a distance and uh, and the lights changed, the energy uh, in the room was fabulous, she felt safe, she opened her eyes and she was just It's so beautiful I, I know and I, I know arranged for for her yeah. to be dressed up. Nobody else had thought of it. Yes, yes. So but the doula, was, but the doula thought of it. Yes, yes, yes. Because that's her training. Yeah, giving yeah. her the dignity because otherwise she would have been alone. It's everything. I mean, really, it's everything to be able to do this work. And also, I think it's so fantastic to again have somebody come in who is thinking clearly, you know, who's able to look at this a little differently. Even even now she didn't have children, but even if, you know, I unfortunately death is a second leading fear in this country at this time and it's palpable and it prevents people from being present and being able to do any of this so they can hardly have a conversation at the end, forget about planning what's going to happen after, mm-hmm. to have a guy be able to again, hold their hands through that and, you know, make it as beautiful. Um, and, again, dignity is just worth everything. So, um, Never in yeah. one month of work we pronounced the word death. Wow. Never. Yeah. It was not said. Yeah. And the lady who was extremely, extremely knowledgeable was called mm-hmm. a real, real 
color, like you know, nineteenth <laughs> century, earliest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I had never thought of it. She right. never. She had read a lot about it as mm-hmm. a younger professor, but mm-hmm. she'd never thought about her own. And then we went through the education of the different phases, one and two. And then the third one, she really wanted to know about it, but she did not. She just let me guide her with knowing that it was, but we did not use that word. And it was right. it was fine. It, we knew. Yeah. We just had to look at each other. But it, she 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 only knew one thing. She learned like, well, when you stop not being too hungry, so that was definitely something that she sure. Understands. And uh, but there was no. No discussion, no word about, no use of the word death. And it's okay. It is okay. We were able to say everything that we needed to say without making it, you know, beautiful. Absolutely. And again, you know, you're going, um, you're meeting people where they are, but yet mm-hmm. you were accomplishing what the conversations and you needed to talk about. Mm-hmm. And you know, for, for certain people, you know, death, maybe they don't believe that there is a death. You know, maybe they, you know, know that something else is. Who knows? It doesn't matter. But you, you, you know, you led with that and, um, you, you know, you accomplished the, the information that you all needed to when you needed to. Like, I find my patients are really wanting to know what this looks like for them because that's empowering to them. You know, okay. And stopping to eat and drink is a very natural part of the process. And, you know, what we'll do for comfort for that, you know, with mouth swabs and how long that potentially could last, again, giving them back a sense of control. So it just sounded like, again, such a beautiful, what we all strive for with doula work. And I'm so happy that you did this for this woman. You did it for yourself. And all the people that were part of this case Mm -hmm. got to see the effects of what a doula giver does and how that unfolds. And so, yes, because we want doulas to be everywhere because we're going to need them. Um, And people need to understand. And that's, again, why we do this podcast and why we do the segments of I Love Being a Deaf Doula because we want to hear these firsthand accounts of what that really looks like and means. So thank you for for all that you have done. So now why don't you you tell us what you have planned for 2018 with your workshops, with your education, what's next for you, and a gentler parting. As a gentler parting, I would really like to serve my community. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I want to help. Um, I want to help people. I want to help people, but not necessarily, you know, at the very end. I yeah. would like to. I would like to serve um, people uh, before there is a crisis. So I want to be available to people who become, you know, ill, and people who don't have children. So that right. would be, you know, uh, like like um, uh, Edith. Um, I think that's that's daughter for hire is actually a very a I love very, it a very good thing. So I would like mm-hmm. so to serve at different levels. Uh, I, there is a need for daughter for hire. Let's put it that way, yeah. and also for younger people who go through the same emotional, uh, physical uh, journey when um, they get. Um, they get a diagnosis of life-threatening diagnosis that could still be curable. So let's give me a call, 
Let's think about how you can get through this. Let's get unstuck. You know, right. don't stay stuck by thinking you're going to die because we're all mm-hmm. going to die. Mm-hmm. But how could you work and um, get back in charge? So that's what I do. Beautiful. Um, I love that. So that's what I want to more than... Um, I can. I've tried some educational programs in my community, and I think I will continue to do that. Most likely in partnership with other professionals, mm-hmm. um, likely funeral directors, uh, elder law uh, attorneys, um, and psychotherapists. So okay. I think. So I'm looking into this type of prof- um, educational programs in collaboration with other professionals. Okay, to kind great. of uh, bring awareness to this um, profession sure. and get referrals. Um, yes. And I really want to serve the families, the people. Beautiful. Um, and um, so, again, from millennials to silent generation, you know, I, but uh, the, the let me get, let me help you get back in charge uh, is what I want to do. That's, that's beautiful. And you have, have, yeah, and again, you have all three trainings from doula givers. So mm-hmm. you have the elder care training, mm-hmm. you have end-of-life training, you have the doula giver care consultant. So you mm-hmm. can do it all. You can work with all different areas and populations. And you are located in New Haven, um, but you also are available for consultations and work via uh, Zoom and also on right. the phone. So why Absolutely. Don't you, yeah. So why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with you and your website information? So uh, people can get back to me uh, through finding me. You can Google me, Natalie Bonafé. You can also Google a gentler parting LLC. Mm-hmm. Is um, and my website is called um, dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, my number is 203-815-5743. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn as Nathalie Bonafé. So everything is connected on my uh, on my website. Um, Great. And you know, yeah. just give me a call. Send me an email. Um, my e- email is a gentler parting. Oh, no, it's, yes, at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I do oh, yeah, it all the time. And, and, and I'm going I'm to post all your information yeah. on the uh, podcast as well, so people will have it visible. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. But just go check my website and uh, look at there. I also have added, aside from the blogs and the services, the focus that is really the focus on you, uh, at different stages, I've also um, started to fill um, my section of resource resources uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. section and events where I have public events. Also on my website, on the resources, you know, I can talk about um, um, caregiving. I talk about uh, the letter projects. I talk about green burials. I talk about um, what a death doula is, um, what the end of care, um, end of life care is currently in the USA, um, uh, hospice, um, um, what grief is, you know, all this. Wonderful. Very, what to do, how do we do with dementia? 
a lot of my uh, hospice patients are actually uh, people with dementia. So how do we deal with them? How do we get help? Um, so, you know, kind of fun articles. Everything um, and, and the, yeah, elder and end-of-life related, it sounds like. And do you yeah. give a free consultation, Natalie? Do, Absolutely. Do I... Oh, Absolutely. wonderful. So when people call me, we can set up or want to meet with me. Um, I have this generally an hour free consultation. I could go a little bit less, a little bit more, uh, just to make sure we hear, I hear everything um, uh, that needs to be said um, to be able to assess. And, um, and um, yeah. And then that is I, fantastic. I charge $60 per hour. They also have packages. We're pretty consistent within uh, the profession. And mm-hmm. um, so this is not, uh, this is, this is meant, this is not reimbursed by insurances, but mm, acupuncturists are not reimbursed, massage Oh, many things are, are so, yeah, no. But yeah, this but is very, still affordable. If people buy, you know, X number of hours, they can get up to 25% discount. So, you yeah. know, it should not be a matter of money. At the same time, money is a way to, um, um, to show respect. So, you know, of course, no, it's an invaluable service and it yeah, will be it remembered forever. You know, this, this, this end of life for families when it goes well is something that is invaluable. And so putting, you know, $60 an hour on it is absolutely nothing um, because it's just so beautiful. So, and, of, co- yes, of and, course, yeah. And to give you an idea, uh, roughly what my last um patient, you know, you're talking about a few thousand dollars, just just right. things well. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You're really, it's, you're not talking about 10,000 and 100,000 of dollars. Right. We're talking about something that is manageable and accessible for selling peace of mind is not easy, but that's what yeah. we do. But that's oh, what we do. Yeah. It makes the biggest difference and everyone deserves to have the patient advocate and the guide for their family. So with that, I will post all your information for our listeners that they can contact you um, on the podcast. And Natalie, I just want to say thank you so much for all your service that you're doing. And, you know, it's just inspirational. We appreciate it. And I'm so honored that you are part of, you know, this doula global tribe. And I thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you for your time today doing this podcast. Thank you so much, Suzanne. So thank you for the inspiration for the education, for the friendship, and I look forward to um, more uh, brainstorming and collaborations in the new year. Absolutely. Um, 2018, I think, is going to be really magical. Yeah. Thank you very all, much. All right, Natalie. So have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you so much. Talk Thanks. soon. Bye. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Ask a Death Doula. My name is Suzanne O'Brien. Ask a Death Doula is brought to you by Doula Givers End of Life Doula Training. For more information on End of Life Doula Training, please visit doulagivers.com. Also by the International Doula Givers Foundation, helping to bring free education, support, and training programs to communities worldwide so that everyone can have the best end-of-life experience possible. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week.